Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to show number 60, technically show number 59, because we had a screw-up a couple of weeks ago, but this is officially show number 60. We won't bring up that screw-up again. Uh, and of course, what do we do? Show number 60. We got some number game to play here. Uh, clearly, Homer Bush for the Yankees wore that number one year. Also, Hippolito Pena, another top Bob Shepard voice guy. Uh, Will Nevis, a lot of bad Yankees. These numbers were horrible. But listen, I'm a Giant fan. And so I'm going to do now. I don't know if I ever did this before. I'm doing my first triplet, a triplet number 60 show here on the number 60. I'm going to go with number 60 for the New York Giants, Sean O'Hara. Now, listen, he was a stud player, um, a very, very good player. But he also played for Rutgers from 95 to 99. And the sad part is he was there as literally he won eight games in four years. I always thought I actually said it to him once at one of those events. I was like, I'm so glad you're in the NFL because you're going to win more games than you did in four years at Rutgers in one season. Uh, I thought he was tough as nails. thought he was really good. The other one is, again, going back now, uh, I was a little kid. Uh, not a little kid. I was a little punk teenager. Brad Benson, uh, a guy, offensive lineman on the Giants. Um, and he was no, also known for those famous commercials on WFAN with the, with the, uh, with the car dealership, won a Super Bowl. Uh, he was the whipping boy of Brad Parcells. I'm Brad Parcells. Bill Parcells. He... Um, the thing about Brad Benson I've read in a few books and stuff is that Parcells, he was like, just abused him, but he did it in a way that let the other guys know that like, wow, this guy, Brad Benson is tough as hell. And, and Parcells is ripping on him. Like I better get my stuff together, which I think is always a great thing for a coach to do. Um, and so that's it. But the third one is unique. This guy played offensive lineman for Colonia high school from 1982 to 1983 started uh probably 20 games he's a rutgers grad he's also my roommate uh his name is brian shevlin he's a lawyer with pinot ricard which makes about every liquor known to man like jameson and absolute vodka and shivis and all that and um he's also a listener of the show texts me when i make mistakes which i do frequently so him and my brother always rip me apart on that he was a very good offensive lineman for a very good Colonia High team in 83 who played in front of like 7,000 people um, at Colonia High. When we played J.P. Stevens, of course, I think we lost 35 nothing in that game. Anyway, those are my three guys, Sean O'Hara, Brad Benson, and Colonia High School graduate, which we'll get more on Colonia in a minute, um, Brian Shevlin. That's right, Brian Shevlin, my roommate and personal friend, of course, uh, and a great guy, him and his family. And Jill and all the kids and all that stuff. So that's it. And Chris Gucci behind the glass, as always, here from the Omni in Atlanta. Who do you have in the slim pickings 60s era we just entered? Yeah, this was a, another tough one, but I feel like I did a really good job on this okay. one. Because you told me that I wasn't really allowed to use a player from this era, which... There really isn't anybody that's coming enough have, to. You, know, we, you yeah. could have, but who the hell is even wearing number sixty right now? It's even, either some rookie in baseball that nobody's ever heard of yet, or it's an offensive lineman, or maybe some like bench squad outside backer. But back in the day, pre World War II, they used to let, or I guess it was right around World War II, they used to let players wear whatever number they wanted. So Otto Graham, arguably. 
Auto Tom Brady, before Tom Brady was Tom Brady, he was wow. the Bart Starr, but even before Bart Starr was Bart Starr. He's a Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame quarterback, but interesting because nobody would expect to hear a quarterback. I want to read a couple things from his uh, Wikipedia page. Now, Otto, go Graham, wait, Otto Graham wore number 60 as a quarterback. Otto Graham wore number now, 60 if I as a quarterback. The issue is, if I, if before we did this week, if I said to you, hey, Chris, True or false? Has a quarterback in the NFL ever wore number sixty? I think you would have went with no, right? I would have. See, I wouldn't have because I'm I've been to the NFL Hall of Fame, I've been to the Packers Hall of Fame, so I've seen a little bit more football history than the the average bear. Okay, we'll call okay. it. But the I do QB? know Damn. sixty and Otto Graham. I had to find that out today. But I want to well, mention. Let's something hear some here. Otto Graham stats now. We talk about Tom Brady being dominant, right, and making it to ten. Uh, NFL Super Bowls. Otto Graham made the NFL championship game consecutively from 1946 to 1955. So wow. nine years straight or 10 years straight, and he won seven of them. So now that was with the before Browns, there with was the, uh, with the Browns. Oh, no, the, with the Browns. Uh, yeah. The Browns. So, well, uh, and who, now, wait a minute. Now. Who did he hand off right side over tackle? It is. No, see, like this is in the 40s. What did uh, what's his name play in the Jim 40s? Brown ain't that old, bro? Jim Brown played in the sixties. No, he played yeah. in the fifties, didn't he? I don't know that Jim Brown was playing, uh, but well, really, Otto, listen, Otto I don't Graham care, I don't wasn't really what, handing the ball off because I don't care. He holds the NFL record. He still, he's, are you ready for this? He still holds the NFL record for average yards gained per pass attempt at eight point six three. Still, that, wow. that you know what? Holds, I tell you what. Well, there you go, right there. Any. Anybody who played in the 40s and 50s, if you still hold any passing record, you're a stud. And he has the highest career winning percentage for an NFL starting quarterback at 810, still to this day. And a longtime New York Yankees owner, George Steinbrenner, a friend of Graham's, once called him as great a quarterback as there ever was. And George don't lie. So there you go. I don't Graham. Well, how, first of all, first of all, he won 80% of his game. So. If you or I were playing any sport that includes Monopoly, chess, Password, Wordle, whatever, and you say, oh, how are you? I don't know. I, I was a starting quarterback. I won 80% of my games. And then you drop the mic. There is no, well, who did you play? 81. 81%. 81%. 81% he won 81% of his games. And story. he won. And not only that, he won 70% of the championships played in his in his career. That's- 70 so like Tom, I, I, don't you wish Otto Graham was still alive? Because he would just like with a scotch in his hand, like, "Hey Tom, what did you do? You won a couple series. What, what happened there?" Um, as a matter of fact, I don't think the Giants ever beat. The Giants might have beat him once. That's a good trivia question. So I, I think that like a, that's if a you're very be talking good about top you, ten quarterbacks ever, and you don't include Otto Graham. I, you know what? I, mean, I will. I will. I will now because listen, as I always say on this show. It's amazing. I, I, I deal with the John Starks of producers in that every few games, he, he can come in and beat you. That's the way it is. And today, Chris Gucci behind the glass on show number 60 has come in with a wonderful little Otto Graham story. And, um, uh, you know, and that's it. Number 60, Otto Graham. I love it. So we got four people this week. It's Otto Graham, Sean O'Hara, Brad Benson, and Colonia High School starting starting off as a yeah. Last week we did Devondre Campbell and um, I right. don't even know that was the worst one. So we rebounded well. All right, let's get right to it. Um, of course, this is the part of the show, uh, Jimmy's weight situation. Um, I uh, is sponsored by my favorite sponsor in the world, um, 
for now. Anyway, Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, getting involved here. 732-326-3937, owned by Craig and Janine Mashaw. That's right, family-owned, brother and sister. Craig was my right center fielder, and Janine is just awesome because she's involved with Chop Sports in many ways. Full-service opticians. You need glasses, you got to go. I'm trying to get Chris to go. He can't see a damn thing. He's half-blind. Hopefully now with his new his new health insurance, he'll go do that. They got everything over there. Um, they got Ray-Ban, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. All right? I haven't really done a full Bob Shepard with them in a while. Mention my name. You get discounts. They'll take care of you. And again, as I always say, Chris, they're closed on Wednesdays and Sunday. Now, why are they closed on Wednesdays, Chris? Obviously, because that's softball day. And why are they closed on Sunday, Chris? And that's NFL Sunday, baby. There you go. See that? You're getting real good at that now. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I've learned. The bottom line is, uh, and this is my favorite phrase of any business of all time, when you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk off. And I think that should be their slogan. It should be on Billboard. If I won the big lottery, I would say, listen, guys, I'm going to put on all the way down the turnpike, big billboards, absolute eyewear. And then the quote is, when you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk off. I think that's the greatest slogan ever for a business. And uh, so that's it. But they sponsor my weight situation. And the reason why they're such great sponsors, because if I owned absolute eyewear, I would have already stopped running ads on this because uh, I am now, uh, 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 now I'm officially into now. Now we're struggling now. <laughs> now we're, you know, eight games to play. We're six games out. Um, I, I gained weight again. And I, this time, huh, I, I, I definitely burned more calories than I ever have this week. I guess either two things, either my weight was, was not accurate. You know, sometimes when you weigh yourself, you didn't really, uh, I don't know. All I know is I gained a pound. Oh, he is grasping eight. at straws, ladies two, and gentlemen. I, I, I don't I, know I, what happens. Like, no, listen. I bet I definitely your weight was you accurate much. the day you were 199.7. I don't know. I bet I, you you were accurate that day. Well, I, listen, it was accurate in terms of I got on the scale before, and that's my weight. So uh, you can call me a fat bastard. There's no doubt. But the weird thing was um, I, uh, I, I, probably the three days that killed me were – and I'll get to it later where I did some stand up, you know, a couple hours away and I had to end up eating at, at, at a pub. And of course, I got to eat. I think I know what the really what the I'm, real I'm, issue eating, is. I'm, I'm eating too much. There's no question. Once, I, I don't know what to do. Once I, I Johnny Trino heard that they implemented a league wide designated hitter. He was like, you know what? I don't really need to, to take out off these extra 10 pounds. I could I just sit know. there and I got to and just I, take I, my hacks whenever I feel like I it. I played pickleball. I did my, my, I did my, I, I, I don't know. This is, I am, listen, but hang on a second. Hang on a second. Those of you scoring at home, do not, you don't mess with Johnny Trino because I told you the goal was 195, right? By my birthday. Did we not, our birthday. We share a birthday, May 26th. So I now have about 24 days to lose about 11 pounds, which you know what? I admit it. That's like, you know, we gotta, you gotta be Tom Brady, you know, three games in a row. I admit it. Um, but I, you know what? Terrible job again. Um, and I don't know if this goes on. If I go another after May 26th, if I don't come close to my goal, we may have to drop this segment. I'm just a fat fuck. And that's the way it goes. But some of my, my sister, my sister's going to be, 
My this show will drop tomorrow morning. My sister's gonna call me up immediately and completely rip me a new asshole, and I deserve it. Um, she's been good to me. She came up with this weight thing. She thinks I'm fat, and um, uh, I'm not. I played well by April first. I need goals. You need My to lose. Is, you need to lose about four pounds per episode through the month of May. That's tough. I don't know if I can. But you know what? Listen, I I, I gotta admit I, I'm a little bit rattled. I admit it. But most important thing though is. See, this is where this is where I'm better than you, Chris. When you're down and out and you're rattled, what do you do when you have your own podcast? You go out and you get another sponsor. That's right. The Jimmy Palumbo Show now has a brand new spanking new sponsor. Now, I'm going to try to describe this thing. I think it's awesome. It's sitting right in front of me here. Now, what it is, it's a, it's a cornhole leveler, okay? It's this little gadget. And it you hook it onto your cornhole board, all right? And it 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 measures it the right proper angle, official angle from the you know uh, from the cornhole gods of the world, left and right, up and down the whole bit. Once the dots in the center, boom, you are officially uh, uh, in. It's at cornholelevel.com. The company is called Corn Stars LLC. You get to level the entire uh, cornhole board. Um, we have a promo discount. It's at cornholelevel.com. If you put in JP show, you get 20% off your entire order. These things are only $19.95. It's a great fun gift. It's a great barbecue gift. I think it's also a great gadget gift, like a stocking stuffer or a birthday party, Memorial Day weekend. You show up to your buddy's house uh, and you bring this thing. You know, they can play cornhole. You have fun with the level. And you know what it's like? First of all, playing cornhole is fun in its own way. Now you get to have like an extra two drinks, busting balls on leveling the board, which that makes it fun. Uh, this thing is small enough. It's almost like the size of a little watch without the band. Um, use it indoors, outdoors, barbecues, the whole bit. You simply just put it on the board. You level it. It's awesome. It's a great gadget. And of course, I was like, when my friend described this to me and he sent it to me, I was like, oh my God, this is an awesome little thing. Um, so I decided to have my jerk off friend come on the show with us today because now all my sponsors tend to have played softball with me. Okay. So we got Craig was my right center fielder, but he's a Yankee fan. So we don't, even though he sucked half the time, he's wearing a Yankee hat and he's fine. And they've been with us from the beginning, but of course I had to expand my horizons. And with this <laughs> cornhole level.com thing, I had to uh, get Mike Caprio involved. Now, Mike Caprio is a good friend of mine. He plays second base for Corona Construction for about 10 years. And he was most known for, um, A, two things. He wore a shitty med hat. It was like a new, almost like he got a new one every year. It was a new, is there anything worse than a new med hat? That shitty blue, but it was like shiny and neat. It looked like he hadn't worn it. And he was also known for, he swung at the first pitch every time. So, so, like, if we like, if, if there was a company called swingatthefirstpitch.com, he would be the sponsor because it didn't matter. The picture would walk seven in a row, okay? And Caprio got up. We were all like, oh, well, that's going to end this dream. He'd swing at the first pitch and then, and then make out and be defiant. Like, oh, the picture's right there. Like, Mike, did you not notice? We're down by four. The picture just walked 90 guys in a row. And you still, you, you, you just said, I'm good enough to swing at the first pitch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome for the first time here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, Mr. Mike Caprio. What's up, buddy? 
Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Chris. Good to be on. How's everybody? Great intro, though, Jimmy. There you go. Well, listen, and another thing he used to do, when I would bitch from right field because I played behind him, he would slam his med hat down which always and say I quit, <laughs> fake the walk off, which that always made me laugh, still does to this day. Um, and uh, so listen, Mike, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Maybe I didn't describe this thing properly. It's an awesome thing. Um, so explain to my audience, what the hell is this cornhole level thing i think you got it right jimmy i mean after we uh closed down softball i needed something to do and i went into cornhole i was playing with a couple of friends nightly uh, very addicting um and i don't know if you remember i couldn't really throw the ball to first base no, so your arm was shot it was shot i've been th- so cornhole's under underhand so it was pretty simple um and then we were playing we stunk i had to figure out why and the boards were completely off and that's what made me a come up with the idea for the cornhole level and it's been going well. So the, the, now you sent me a little promo, a little mini board, like a mini yeah. cornhole thing. And yeah. I was like, this is not going to work. And I did it with my daughter. I was putting <laughs> little pieces of paper on one side. And I'm like, Oh my God, this thing is unbelievably accurate. If you, I laid it on an unbelievably flat surface. I thought yeah. it was flat. And then I said, Oh, wait a minute. The little circle's not quite in there. And I give a little chimichanga to the right, a little something to the left and boom. So that's that was actually 3D printed. It's just 3D printed wood. Try to give you the, the right angle to give you. I love it. Every, yeah. Now, is it it also puts you the angle of the board on the slide, right? That that thing as well? Yep. Does pitch and roll, front to back, left to right, everything at once. Yep. Wow. Yep. I'm telling you, this thing works really cool. And not only are you going to be sponsoring my show, yep. you are also, because you know I had to uh, charge you a few extra dollars, you are now <laughs> uh, sponsoring also the um, – uh, uh, the Dave and Chris show. Uh, I didn't even run it by them yet, but they're, they're, you're going to get tons of uh, uh, the liaison. The liaison gets gets to call a few of these shots. So, Chris, yeah, I'm course, going big. I'm going big. Going no, big. You got to go. You got to go all the listen, way, baby. The reason why I think this is great is two things. First of all, here, here's the again. I, want, I fucking stink. Excuse my language. <laughs> I stink at cornhole. I stink at it. I'll play one round. I stink, and it's always like. You know, the things are always sliding off the board. And I'm just like, you know, so now I, I, I actually don't like even playing cornhole. I'd rather just Jimmy had a built-in excuse and this gets rid of it now. So now, <laughs> yeah, but now I can show up with my little cornhole level.com thing and be like, guys, hang on, wait a minute, not the official board. And that gives me 10 minutes of ball breaking. And I make, I make the players better. Uh, and this thing is only 1995. Yep. You get 20% off your entire order. Cause you want to, Listen, I, there's no doubt about. Here's one thing I'm gonna guarantee. And Chris hates when I guarantee stuff. This is my this is my Joe Namath moment. I think this gadget is so funny that if you show up at a barbecue where you know a bunch of guys or kids are playing cornhole, I have no doubt everyone's gonna get a kick out of this gadget because it's like you can shove <laughs> things underneath. It's like something to do. You know, move the board around. Everybody, and then the official guy is always gonna be a jerk off and says, "How do I know it's accurate?" Like it's gonna give you 15, 20 minutes of enjoyment. Every single time you go to a barbecue or your own backyard to play this ridiculously pandemic popular game known as cornhole tailgate. Which, Look, we have a chop sports barbecue coming up in and, the end of June. So at it's Merrill perfect, Park. So Mike Caprio will be oh. there with bells on. Maybe we're going to have some giveaways. Um, matter of fact, uh, I got, I'll get, uh, sure. I'm going to have you send a bunch of these uh, over, not a bunch, you know, three or four over to Chop sure. Sports. I think when Chris and Dave see it, they're going to be like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, it really is. I'm not saying that because you're a buddy of mine. When you first told me, I was like, what is this bullshit? You know, and then I'm, 
the way you sent me that little promo package, I was look, like, it's a, it's a good thing as like a gift. I could I could easily see these yeah. um as like a as like a gag stocking stuffer gift or um and you say I say gag, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have no, some practicality to it. It's yeah, a gag I, gift. Do you think? Oh, it it's, a, it's an afterthought, but it's something that you're going to get significant use out of. Right. It's all. It's one of those gag gifts. Like you could almost see it on. on a, you know, if Mike had, if Mike was a billionaire, he would run ads late at night at two thirty in the morning when you're half in a bag and high and you're eating <laughs> you're eating Cheetos, and all of a sudden you're like the cornhole leveler, and you're like, oh my god, I gotta have this. But usually, all those shitty gifts they never work. Or they're small. This actually does the job. It's, I mean, this, don't get me wrong. It's not going to win the war and you, nope. you know, it's not, it's not going to so, change your life or anything like that. But I tell you what, you buy one of these, you clip it on your cornhole board and you're good to go for the rest of your life. You're on an official. Um, Cause I've played on, now listen, I got I'm a little older than you guys. I remember when cornhole was so unofficial that it was just the old man got out there with a two there's by a six. Cornhole, there's a cornhole league now, oh, like it's an a actual pro league. And there's probably all official rules, which he, he knows about. It's on ESPN. It's in seven countries. Right. Yep, yep. So the fact that I used to play, I never, I did play once down in Jersey Shore. Uh, at, you know, some chicks were having a barbecue. We just showed up just because the girls were there. And I thought the angle was like, clearly the guy took like a two by 12 with a piece of plywood and painted it shit. It was way too angled. Like you had to like, you had to almost like throw a fastball to get it to slide up. And then we played on one, one time. And I remember my cousin John was there. The, the angle was so low. And I was like, dude, like it's called cornhole. There has to be like a hole. It falls into. It's like, it was like one inch off the ground, but you know, when you drink it, you still play it. But now at the official cornhole level.com, we can solve this. So again, um, 20% off JP show. I'm sure the orders are just going to be ringing in. Uh, and he's now an official sponsor of Jimmy Palumbo show and chop sports. And uh, uh, as soon as the check clears, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I got to send it first. <laughs> yeah, of course. Don't open your mouth. And I'll be running. I'll be running some live ads every week and having fun. And now, listen. You know what, Chris? We had to put a little pressure on Absolute Eyewear. That's what it boils down to. I mean, I had Craig as my right center fielder, and now I got my second baseman saying, "Hang on a second. Well, I want some of this Jimmy Palumbo show." So now, Craig and Mike, they have to. You know, listen. We'll always show the love to Johnny because she's just cooler than everybody. But. uh you know, here's, should we even say that? Should we even bring something up that's funny? <laughs> Go here's for a, it. Here's another funny thing. Johnine's going to kill me for this. <laughs> Just to let you know that I keep things in the family, Chris. Johnine, years and years ago, had a boyfriend. And that boyfriend is now on the show right now, the cornholelevel.com. Him and Johnine went out 4,000 years ago. Uh, don't worry, Mike is happily married. I think he has nine kids now <laughs> or two. Uh, and I even know his wife. She was another colonia kids you went to colonia right Your yeah wife? graduated yeah. 90 yeah. yeah she's younger than me um so uh i we just think that's funny so we're keeping everything in the family here at Shea. <laughs> so now what i'm doing what i'm the reason my marketing strategy is real simple uh, i'm interviewing craig and Janine and anybody they ever went out with if they have a business i'm seeing if they want to advertise on the jimmy <laughs> Club. So Mike, you gotta now give me your list of girls you went out with i'll find out where they work and uh, I'm also going to put pressure on Tommy Plinio. He's got a bar down the Jersey Shore down there and uh, off by LBI somewhere down there. And uh, we got to have him advertise on the show. Listen, if you played softball with me or you went out with someone I know, you have to advertise for the show. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that strategy. Um, of course, the only people that will end up buying some of these things are people that played softball for me and my family and friends. But 
honestly, I kid around about this product, but I mean, this is actually, I mean, absolutely. I wear a great place as well, but this product works. I'm telling you, if you have, if you're into cornhole at all, or you're even having a barbecue and you want to bust balls with people like, Hey, check out this jerk off thing I bought. This is the, this is the summer of 2022 pro, product cornhole level. I think it's awesome. Uh, my dad would have got a kick out of it because he was very good with the level as a carpenter. He probably would have said that the thing is off, but they're not. I've I played with it. <laughs> but that's it. All right, Mike. Good to see you, buddy. Thank um, you, everybody. You'll be on it. We'll uh, not. You're not going to be on every week, but you could be on every week if you wanted to. And you're a <laughs> Met fan. I know you're thrilled to death. Mets are playing uh, well. We're going to be getting to that in a second. And uh, you know, it's. April I like. Today. I like that they had the no hitter and they cut it to the Yankee game in the ninth. They cut away from that. You believe that? Unbelievable. <laughs> but the announcers were so bad for the Yankee game, I was happy they cut away. So what is I going think, on? I, listen, that? I think it's great that 11 pitchers threw a no-hitter for the Mets. And I know, five, I know what Chris's thought of that is. Um, to, to me, that's just a Mets. Mets. I would, if I was a newspaper uh, editor, I'd be like, you know what? Don't put the word no-hitter. Just say, Mets pitch well, get the win. That's all that was. <laughs> anyway, that's just me being a jerk off. All right, Mike, we'll see you. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Guys. I'll talk to you after the show, brother. Okay, Appreciate bye. it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. Thank you, bud. So that's it. Mike Caprio from the company Cornstars has a product, cornholelevel.com. We talked a lot more than I thought would on that, so we'll have to move it along now. But that's still fun. It's always fun to have a new sponsor. Chris, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to the barbecue because they're going to have a few of these in hand. You got to see still, it. I'm gonna I still have haven't seen it. Town, you got to see this thing. It's cool as hell. All right, so what have we what have we determined? We determined that I'm fat. Uh, we got a new sponsor. Let's talk about the Yankees briefly. Look, uh, the Yankees are just winning games. They're getting good pitching, and they're hitting – um, and that's it. Um, you can't say anything else about that. I personally think they were playing Lyndon and Carteret. I think this is a little bit of a house of cards. I do not think the Yankees are this good, but they're playing well. These games count. In, in the years past, we used to shit the bed in April. Then we were fighting all year to get back. So these games count. I just don't. Some of these Yankee fans online are like, oh, my God, we're dominating. I'm like, oh, be careful. Be careful. I also got to say, look. Aaron Judge, one month into the season, is pretty much telling everybody, okay, because there's two endings of this thing with Aaron Judge and his contract. Someone's going to tell someone to go fuck themselves, okay? So it's either going to be Aaron Judge saying, I batted 315, I hit 50 home runs, we won the division, show me the money. Or the Yankees are going to go, Judge, you were batting 280, you were hitting a lot of home runs, you miss nine weeks from some kind of oblique knee, ACL, head injury, earlobe injury, and we're actually going to give you a less of a contract for here, or you can go to the Mets or the Dodgers. So someone's going to be able to – I doubt it's going to be a gray area, and you got to admit, I got to give Aaron Judge credit. He did it last year. I was hard on him, and he showed up, and this year he's showing up now with a lot of pressure on him. Everybody's talking about the contract and he's kicking ass and winning games for him. He has a little bit of the Danny Tartable thing. That means, you know, up 7-1, to one, he hits the two-run homer. A little bit I of mean, that going on. I mean, yesterday but, it was 0-0 zero, zero and he hit the, the home run. Yes, yes, so, he did. That was yesterday. And then, and then it was 5-4, and he hit the other one. So right. it wasn't so, like... But, you know, no, yes, yes, yesterday was just a dominating Aaron Judge thing. But no, listen, Judge, if one month, what is it, six-month season? It's 1-0 Aaron Judge. You agree? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, first of all, I'm, I... Me and you disagree with this on this I know, thing you, at the you, outset. I, I thought Judge got lowballed. And 
Look, there's only you said there's two possible outcomes, and it's going to be, it's going to be either. This is what the outcomes are going to be. I don't care if Aaron Judge gets, if the Yankees are saying fuck you to Aaron Judge because he got injured this year, then he's also going to turn and say, okay, bye. And someone's going to pay Aaron Judge more money. I know, than what but, the but at that point, you, as a Yankee fan, if he misses say two months, God forbid, you're going to be like, this guy's never, never on the field. So you got to let him Aaron go. Judge, if Aaron Judge has like some type of oblique injury or something like that, then I'll be a little more more worried. It depends but if on he gets the, hit in the yeah. hand with a pitch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's got to be an injury, like uh oh. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so that's it. Aaron Judge, listen, got to you know, you got to call him out. And my boy Stanton had a little bit of a rough streak, but he's starting to he's starting to hit the ball a little bit. He'll be okay. Um, he's still fun to watch. It. I don't care what anybody says. So we'll talk about the NFL draft. Uh, to me, it's the most um, overproduced, embarrassing spectacle of all time. Um, I think again, just like I got, they put me in charge of the Olympics. They are now next year just announced. They are putting me in charge of the NFL draft. Um, I'm running the Jimmy Palumbo show is running the entire draft. It'll be two hours and we're going to do all seven rounds in two hours. And we're going to just announce all the draft picks and move on. Yeah. I just did my fantasy baseball draft. It was 42 rounds and we finished it in two hours. Okay. I just think it's obnoxious. Uh, It goes on for hours and, and it's all these things. And I love like, I love like the the, the next available. I watch, I I just, I watch it because I do a little sports on the show. Okay. And I'm not saying you don't want to watch the draft. I'm just saying I would, I would reduce it to like a television show, regular game, three hours. That's what I would do. Three hour game. Um, what I left out is best. Like the only thing I saw was every time it said best available player still on the board, never was taken. So that's how, you know, no one knows a damn thing. All I know is this. I'm a giant fan. The giants have stunk for the last seven years. I don't care if every one of their draft picks starts next year. To me, it'll be better than what we have. Giants are not a good football team, but we got a new GM, new start, new coach. Uh, I think next year we'll have a new quarterback when Daniel Jones doesn't get it done. But I will tell you this, you got to go by the by how the players play. And after the college football season, many, many, many mock drafts, okay, had one and two were Thibodeau. And, and am I saying it right? Is it Thibodeau? How, how do you say it right? It's Thib- however you, however, it's, it's okay. Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal uh, were actually on a many mock drafts, one and two. That's after playing the games. You watch the game on TV. You look at film. They were one and two. All of a sudden, these TV production shows, NFL combines, how hard you can jump up and hit things, and how fa- like I don't understand. Is it really? When's the last time an offensive lineman had to run a forty-yard dash? I mean, I don't understand that. There's so many of those NFL combine things that are ridiculous, and I, I just think the whole it's like this NFL. Look at us. Let's make content in the yeah, off season. Yeah, but the guys that got picked one and two, it's not like they were like. Uh, I, I I think the, the guy's guy, a middle linebacker from or outside linebacker from Georgia. Okay, edge. but the guy I think Thibodeau's better than the guy. Uh, I think both of these guys are better than the guys from Michigan. I don't agree. Well, I you're think- you're right here. What you're doing right here is is why the NFL draft is so. But fun. what you're doing is is you're being a hypocrite because you don't know a thing yet until yeah. they play. Exactly. This is right. your words. What I'm not telling mine. you. What I'm not telling mine. You, what I'm telling you though is the Giants completely won the first round. It's not even well, close. the Jets and the Giants. Yeah. Well, the Jets had a third pick, so you got to say that. But of course, you got to play the game. That's why the whole thing is, and especially late. Now, the later rounds are important because when you watch an NFL game. Just like you don't take a running back to like the eighth round 
and there is no eighth round. When you watch an NFL game, you do see guys that were fourth and third and fifth round draft picks. But the thing is, I think it depends on what team you go to and what individual fortitude you have. So if you're a stud player, really nice player, Michigan or Georgia, Alabama, and you go in the sixth round and you're part of a system, a football powerhouse, you know, factory, and now you're done. You're not on campus anymore. I think what is in your soul and in your heart plays a turn. If you're a lazy fat bastard like oh, me, yeah. you're going to be a fourth rounder and never play. But if you're one of those guys who maybe coach didn't like him, maybe he had a slight injury no one knows about, or maybe an agent came up to him and said, hey, dude, you got to lose 15 pounds. You got him. Somebody just got to him or he realized, oh, my God, like this is it. I have four months before the draft. And all of a sudden you get these or just sometimes that, or sometimes the guys are late bloomers. And they're you late know. bloomers. Exactly right. But nobody knows a damn thing. I I'm, I can't wait. I'm not going to watch any giant preseason games. Maybe I'll watch one or two, a glance at it for 10 minutes, but I'm not going to watch it. I want results now. I'm going to be that way with Rutgers. I, I love Shiano, but hey, dude, like we got to win games now. I'm 56 years old. I'm tired. You had two or three good seasons with Rutgers. That was 12, 15 years ago. Time to win. You got to win now. NFL is a win now league. Um, and my only goal for the Giants is simple. Really simple. I would look the coach straight in the face with, with a scotch. Say, coach, give me a reason to watch after Halloween. Because really, no giant fan, every giant fan I know over 50, you know what they started doing after Halloween? Ah, the game's on. I got let me do the lawn. Let me rake a little bit. You know what? I can let me run over to Home Depot. I gotta look out. I gotta patch the fence up. What time's the game? I'll, I'll catch the second half. Give me a reason to sit down on a Sunday or afternoon. When, when Giant fans are like annoyed that their local game is the Giants and they can't watch the other game that yes. they yeah, give and it's been, that's that's my goal. Anyway, that's it. No one knows the damn thing. I, I didn't even um I can't even tell you what the Packers or Cowboys did. I saw it. I don't even know. I don't care. And neither does most of your audience. Uh, only your friends do. Um, the blog said the Giants did well, and I'll go with that. A couple of quick things. Jimmy is so good at doling out uh, unsolicited podcast yes. uh, advice. Listen. Well, but yet, listen. like, we talk about Jimmy's weight or, la or his, his diet or lack thereof. Fat. I, I look fat on the screen right now. Well, let me tell you this. I told you this. The, this is the – I have no doubt. I told you. I think the Packers got rid of one of the best players in the game, and uh, they're going to suffer mightily for that, and they will be – with three here's my prediction. With three games to go, the Packers will not have clinched a playoff spot. That's how devastating. The, the guy was open on every play. He was open on every play, Chris. You don't understand. We Giants have like a wager. I mean, like, he was like so, the Otto Graham of wide receivers. So, so how many teams over the past, let's say, decade, do you think have had a playoff spot clinched up by well, week thirteen? Well, yeah, but listen, you understand what I'm saying. I think the Packers are not. Packers are going to realize, oh shit, we don't have the guy open on every play. Do you know who? Do you know who Vegas thinks right now of the what Packers? They got him at thirteen wins, fourteen wins, not twelve. Happen. Not gonna right. happen. We'll see. Not gonna bro. happen. You'll see. I've been hearing that. I've been hearing that since. Well, like, I was listen. I, I joked around last year, and I was the first one to admit it. With I thought this was the year that Brady and uh, and then what you're going to say uh, at the end of this year is and you're like, damn, like I guess. No, I think. Well, I think you're going to you're going to look nope. back and be like, damn. It doesn't matter predict who it again. fucking receivers are. No, 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 no. That's not true. Not with this guy, bro. You don't realize how good this guy was. Oh, my God. You're yeah, so spoiled. You don't realize it. It's know, like the Giants. If we, paid him, if we paid him $30 million a year, then you would have something to say about that, too. They 
No, I wouldn't have. He's open on every play. Um, you got to pay him. Uh, anyway, so that's that. Now, some Rutgers players got drafted. Bo Melton and uh, as I call Ferdy Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco. Seventh round. Good to see. Seventh round to seventh round. They were at the end of the draft. Um, someone asked me, like, who do you think is there a shot for either one of these guys? And believe it or not, I think the shot is with Pacheco only because uh, – and these two picks are interesting for a low-level uh, draft picks. Pacheco played – Rutgers has a bad offensive line his entire career. And I always thought he ran hard. He might be interesting to latch on at practice squad. Um, Bo Melton, the argument is they uh, Rutgers has had poor quarterback and a poor offensive line. So that means if you're a receiver with big-time speed like Melton does – the Rutgers offensive line didn't give you time to get open. So I, I think both of these guys have a shot for practice squad. I really do. The other guy signed uh, Tyreek Maddox Williams with the Chargers, free agents, linebacker, uh, Fatakazi with the Bucks, uh, Tyshawn Fogg with the Dolphins, uh, Mike Taverta, our guy here, uh, chop sports guy. He's uh he's hooking up as a free agent with the Dolphins as well. Uh, and uh, Billy Taylor with the Jets, Giovanni Haskins with Carolina. And uh, maybe there'll be a few more this week. Um, free agent NFL, it's possible. It's tough. Um, we'll see. See who they go with, you know, and injuries. Uh, who knows? I wish um, my goal is to have any Rutgers player at least make the practice squad. So that is that. That's on the football thing there. Now, I did some stand-up this week. Oh, boy. Here we go. I, I didn't play well stand-up this week. I, I'll say that first. I wasn't bad, but I was. I was went to a bar up in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. BJ Ryan's had an up, upstairs room. Uh, my good friend Greg Alpern set me up up there. It was a nice little room. It was just a weird crowd. Uh, definitely was a weird crowd. I thought I was kind of the judge of the other comics. Who well, they say are open micers, but I don't really think they're open micers. They were. I thought uh, it was like seven comics, eight comics did five minutes apiece. And then I went up there for 15, whatever it was, or 20. Um, I thought the comics were good. And I, I I was sitting there with him, and I was whispering to him. I like the guys who had a style, and they stuck with that style. There was one guy, of course, I, I'm dropping his name now, but I'll mention it next week. Um, I, don't even, I don't remember his name, but it was on a sheet. I had a sheet of paper, all the comics. He did this like, I'm a dad now, but I'm still kind of a cokehead, semi-drunk, not really, um, you know, I watch my kids barely like it was like this whole like I'm a dad, but I'm not a great dad thing. And he stuck with it for the entire five minutes where he was like kind of be like, I I got kids, but I can still go clubbing like anyway. He was probably like your age, Chris, give or take. And I was like, I loved it because he had this whole little persona going on. I thought it worked. Um, and uh, my friend Lillian Garcia showed up, which was cool. She's a Connecticut girl up there. I did improv with her with Artie Lang our first uh, taste of showbiz was with Artie and Lillian Garcia and uh, and all these different people so uh, that was cool but also I gotta say there was a waitress there and this was part of my fat fuckness um, her name was Veronica working the bar there I got there early I thought the show started at uh, 7 o'clock it started at 9 I mean 8 so I was, I was like an hour early to be early and then the show was an hour so I was there I'm sitting at the bar, uh, so I sat down at a table, and this uh, unbelievably friendly, uh, young, 23 years old, deep, deep speed at the corners. <laughs> she, uh, she was hot, smoking hot, and she was, you know, ended up, I ended up getting this big steak with these like special potatoes. 
<laughs> I probably gained all my weight right there at that meal. Um, but she was really cool to talk to. She had a very interesting uh, background, and I was getting a kick out of her. She's moving to New Jersey. Uh, I wish her the best with her and her um, military boyfriend. So that was fun. And let's get to Thursday. Now, I did a show Thursday in Reds in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, right outside Giant Stadium. Now, I had Joe on the air, Joe Lozner on the air last week. I like Joe. He does the Meadowlands Comedy Festival. He's a good guy. I don't, I, I but I, I, I got to talk about this show. Now, Chris, this bar, not going to lie to you, is a, is about a 275 yards away from Giant Stadium. It's like the first, it's the only bar that you can go to outside the fence around Giant Stadium. Any of you fans have been at games. It's a cool bar. They have comedy there. They have an upstairs room. It's really nice with a nice stage. That's where usually the stand up is. However, they decided to have stand up there on the night of the NFL draft when there was 35,000 Jet and Giant fans 300 yards away at a sports bar that tends to have people like that. And they ended up saying, well, let's just do it down here at the bar. And the draft started at eight. They moved the show to nine so we could get the Giants and Jets draft picks. I think, Joe, I love you. Joe, you should have canceled this one, bro. Because we put a microphone up. There was no stage. Um, and there was groups of tables of guys wearing Packer shirts, Giant shirts, Jet shirts, you know. They were watching the draft, man. And all of a sudden you had comedy, like, in a microphone. Uh, and you could tell the guys were like, they would look over like, what is that guy talking about over there? Like, why are they talking over there? We're watching the draft. And nobody was listening to the comics. No one. And I knew right away, I was like, uh-oh. And then the headliner came into the bar. Her name is Roro Antonucci. She's a sweetheart. Pretty girl. Real pretty, actually, from Roselle Bar. <laughs> I thought she was cute. I wonder if she's single. Cheap bass hit the center, right? Um, but uh, I've seen her before. She's good comic. And, dude, the host went up, man. And I went to the back of the room just to see. And he started talking. And nobody was even, when I say nobody was even listening, it sounded like, it was like someone was doing construction in the back of the room, almost like a saw in the background. You know what I'm talking about? And people were staring up at the draft picks, you know, doo-doo-doo, pick is in. And it was still the first round of the draft. And I know there was a lot of Giant and Jet fans there. So the local angle, the Giants and Jets were done picking. But to be honest with you, Jets made trades. They got a third pick again in the first round. And plus, you know, listen, you're a Packers fan. Uh, Dave is a Cowboy fan. The world now, you know, if you go to Denver, not everybody's a Denver fan. There's fans of each NFL team. And it's the NFL draft. It is a big night of the year. As much as I hate the production of the show, it's still, a, you know, it. it, it yeah, was a when when he was on the show last week and you see, he mentioned, he was like, the same night as the NFL draft. And you might, like, we don't put the video out, but you could look back at the video and you might even see my face where I'm just like, oof. Yeah, kind of make and, a face. Um, like that's that's a tough one. I think he should have canceled the show. So the host went up, and the host was listen. The weird thing was, I know that three comedians that went up were were, were pretty good, and uh, but the host seemed to be like, "Ah, you guys ready to go? Don't worry, I'll get them in. I'll draw them in." And I, I was looking at him like, "No, no." I think if Jerry Seinfeld was there, nobody would have listened to him either. Um, so he went up. He bombed. The first guy went up. And he bombed. When I say bombed, I don't want to mean comedically. They just, no one listened. So 
I realized there was one table kind of near the microphone that had some older people at it. And I realized that, Jimmy, you got to grab the microphone. And instead of doing 10 minutes, I set it for like my watch for like six minutes. Go up there and just don't engage. My only opening joke was, hey, this is a good idea. Let's have a comedy night when you're 200 yards away from 40,000 Jet and Giant fans screaming. And by the way, it was so cold out that fans from the inside draft at Giant Stadium were coming into the bar because it was too cold. You had kids there. It was it was a nightmare. I went up. I blew through my material. People were like, oh, you did good. Like, you know, people, other comics. I'm like, stop it. Nobody, I'm, I'm, nobody was listening. Um, I felt bad for Joe. He's trying. He, he did the old, uh, the showbiz must go on thing. I give Joe credit for giving it a shot. I do. And I like Joe a lot. And I will do the room again because the next night sold out upstairs in the regular room. I'm sure they kicked ass. So good for him. And he's doing comedy now at the Copacabana in New York, which is reopening. And my friend, uh, my friend, my colleague, Roro, she went up. She was dressed in a cute little skirt and she got some attention for a little bit. But then she realized, what am I doing? And a bunch of the comics actually said, you know what? I'm going to get off stage. No one's listening. and won't come. When the comic actually says that, that's how you know how bad it was. So it was a rough show for all of us. It was a depressing ride home. But what are you going to do? That's the way it goes. Now, in a softball thing here, um, um, I you know in a in a gig thing, I have three new gigs, bro. I'm doing May 13th, Friday night, at Bananas with Joe Matteris. He does a cool little show, and I'm uh, doing stand up there. I'm probably doing 20, 25 minutes. I'm doing May 14th up here in Bergen County at the Rhino Comedy Club Saturday night. Please go check that out. I'm also doing a show June 1st, Wednesday night, at the Stone and Rail in Glen Rock, New Jersey, right by the train station. I'll be headlining that gig, so that'll be cool. So May 13th, 14th, and June 1st. Go to my social media, uh, and you will see all that as I post it as we go. All right. Well, I made my softball debut yesterday, Chris, um, for the Potbellies of Ramsey, New Jersey. We're called the Potbellies. We're one of the older teams. Chief of police plays on our team. Um, I get up. Uh, first of all, I wasn't even in the – I was benched to start the game, okay? So when's the last time Johnny Trino was benched? And I got some videos about that you'll giggle at. And then I realized that they were still batting me. I hadn't swung the bat. I tried to take a couple of swings, but I didn't have time. I didn't realize I was – he batted me third, you imagine? Now, in the old days, Johnny Trino should have been – even Johnny Trino should be batting second or maybe like seventh because he's that annoying, pesky hitter that just always gets hit. Dude, I swung – I hit a dribbler to the pitcher, okay? I've been playing softball 40 years my whole life. I think I've hit four dribblers to the pitcher. But here's the sad part. When I swung, dude, I felt things moving inside my my core. You know, they talk about your core. I felt like my liver and lungs were overlapping on my esophagus on top of my intestine. I, I ran down the line. Thank God there wasn't a runner on first. I would have been doubled up. I was like, woo, that was rough. So I end up going out. They put me out in right field, which is fine because uh, I can play right field, no problem, uh, with problems. And, dude, guy, I guess, I, you know, I look like a fat fuck out there. And a guy hit, I got to just call what it is. A guy hit a bomb over my head. But I got on my horse, Chris. I got on my horse and made a diving over-the-shoulder catch and did not hit the ground. I tell you what, it was the top five catches I've ever made in my life. And if, if the crowd went like, whoa, whoa, 
ball. And I threw the ball in. I was like, that's right. I'm not dead yet. I get up the second time. I hit another dribbler. So there I am. Everybody was like, great catch, bro. Great catch. I hit my second dribbler. Now I'm like, I should be wearing Depends diapers at this point. What am I doing? Again, I felt things in my hip, my knees. I was like, what am I doing? The score's tied in the sixth inning. I'm back out. Now, once I made that catch, I played right field the rest of the way. And um, and right field is a key position in softball because everybody likes to go opposite fields. So you got to have someone who knows what he's doing. And they ended up, they got the first and second runners on. Again, it's the top of the sixth. And um, they ended up uh, putting, they got a couple of base hits. Next year, they went up by like two or three. But we hadn't scored since the first inning. So I knew we were in trouble. So we were already down by three or four runs. It was first and second. And the guy hits a line drive to me. I had to come on strong a little bit. I had to run in. And, you know, I'm fat. I'm slow now. I came running, but dude, I had it. It was chest high, right in my glove. And I pulled a Craig from Absolute Eyewear. The ball hit off my glove, bounced around. I dropped the ball. I haven't dropped the ball like that my whole life. I That's hate what happens you... when you talk shit the way you've talked shit to me about playing outfield. Right. I made, you know what? I made. Out, so I'm a better outfielder than you. I definitely well, am a better outfielder than no. you. Yeah. And uh, you never would have caught the ball over the shoulder because you don't have to go back. I would have been camped underneath it. No, no. I dropped the ball. I was so annoyed. Now I had to get up again. And one of the fielders, a buddy of mine, Timmy, made a real lousy play in the field. I wanted to bust his balls. But I couldn't because I made such a bad play. I walked in. I I was like, Tim, I was all ready to abuse you, and now I can't. Um, We ended up up being down by like nine or something like that. We actually chipped away, though, in the the last few innings. But I got up, and I was so – you know when you're just angry at the plate? I was like, I, I, my whole goal – this is that when you're so bad at the plate, my whole goal was like, I have to, I want to hit this ball hard. I don't care if it's an out. I don't yep. care if I hit a lazy, if I want to make contact with the center of the ball. And is there a, and you know what, dude, I hit a Giancarlo screecher up the middle. I hit it good. I got the whole belly into it, ripped it past the pitcher for a base hit. So I was one for three with two dribblers, great play and a shitty play. That's my body last score there. But uh, I, 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 I'm feeling it though. I felt a little good in the outfit. I made a couple decent throws. So the comeback is in, in place. Um, another thing we got to really mention uh, here, and we really haven't mentioned, we we touched upon it. You went to Colonia High School. I feel like I got to mention, I got some Colonia people listening to the show. This whole Colonia High School thing, those of you who don't know, um, me and Chris went to Colonia High School, and um, a hundred since 1967, I think it's 67 to 95, like 115 teachers and students have had brain tumors, man. Um, like the ones you don't, the ones you don't really make it, the bad ones. And uh, this guy named Al Lupiano, I don't know if you know him. He might be around your age. I don't know. His sister I got know it. The family. Yeah, he he got it, and it's then his sister got it, then his wife got it, um, and his sister ended up unfortunately passing away from it. He's still doing okay. It's it's not always a hundred percent fatal. I don't mean to say that. Um, it's all about when you when you detect it. When you detect it, and it's uh, some of these tumors, you don't know it until it's like, then you got like a month to go. It's one of those things. Um, but 115, and from what I'm told, like the normal thing should have been like maybe two. Yeah, you know I mean? this was when it was like 65 and this was first coming out. They were, they were, they were doing the equation and they were saying like, 
if three people got struck by lightning on the same day twice right was the was like that was right. when it was 65 people right that was that the was a 15 so, and i will tell you i actually got my yearbook out because i've been saying for years and um uh, another good friend of mine is a teacher from Colonia, uh, Stu Jago. He's got some health issues. Uh, I wish him well. Love you, man. Um, I used to kid around with him saying, hey, you know, a lot of teachers, like right after they retire, end up passing away from Colonia. And I actually got my yearbook out. And I was going through it. I'm like, wow, that one's dead. That one's dead. That one's dead. And not all of them, but many of them, you know, didn't like way too many didn't make it to 70. Now, 70 is not that old. You know what I mean? I'm thinking to myself. I used to joke around with him. Hey, take it easy. Once you retire from Colonial High as a teacher, you're in trouble. You know, um, the football coach, uh, Patsy Barbado, he had a tumor thing. So um, I, I, they're doing the, the problem I have with all of this is like huh, they got to do these crazy tests and and the tests take time. And it, there's also scientific data and and uh, research data and cancer data. And they got to put this together. I dispute like the dates because if you're, I believe that the sister or his wife is definitely a graduate of like after 95. Yeah. Well, they said that they're even, they said they moved that around. You know, be honest with you. It doesn't matter. Well, put it this way. I was in school. I was in the classroom where we found the rock Okay, that was supposedly like radioactive. I don't know what connection this has. They they had the guy on, the guy who actually received the rock, who worked at a company, he actually still alive. And they, he was, he remembers it well. He's like a 75 year old man now. And he said that like, he goes, look, I was there. The Geiger counter didn't work properly. It definitely had some radioactivity, but if you spend all day in the sun in Belmar, you're getting the same amount. He really yeah, was like, I so don't it wasn't so. that right. Supposedly. Um, and, uh, but Jimmy, we lived over there too. Uh, listen, I live near the, I do know so, what like, we grew up on the block. Well, listen, High School, I, I will tell you this. The path. I will tell you this. I do know that the area that Colonial high school was kind of owned by the, this Melito family, uh, in the same area, especially where me, you and I lived, that was all virgin territory. So, it was built on virgin territory. What they don't know is back then when you built foundation and you cleared, you had to bring in fill where they got this fill from, you know, in the mid sixties era, I the colonia probably started being if built it came anywhere from like, let's say, I mean, I, I guess rare in center. There's like, there's right. like arms. Oh, I mean, um, right. There's that whole thing. They built a bomb there. And all. Anyway, yeah. there's all, that's why it's kind of, here's another thing. They have to actually trace. Well, where did you go to grammar school? You know, if you went to school 27 or school 20, maybe that's where you got it. And by the time you got to Colonia, you already had it. A yeah, small but then, we're, then that, that doesn't explain the faculty. That's true, too. I mean, there's so many. Yes. I don't know. You know, what? Mm. yeah, there's so many little connections they got to make. And I just hope and the problem really now is that it's almost 60, 55 years old with a lot of the data. It's not Listen. like they were. Uh, giving a shit when I, they built Colonial High School. Yeah, they probably don't have truck records and where they got Phil and all that. And, you know, um, I, listen, I'm friends with the mayor. Uh, I like a lot of people involved with Warbridge Township. My biggest fear is, you know, it's a money issue. Warbridge had to spend around 300 grand to do these tests. And to me, there's no amount of money that's... They probably and, have to go to... And look, if you're a graduate from that era, like... What, like know, me and you, like, what do we do? What, do we go get a what, scan? 
like here's my point too it's like you can't just go to the doctor and be hey you know like you right. have to have symptoms this is insurance it's insurance companies not going to just pay it's, for this and, and how about this forget about us we're, we're old i mean we're, we're not dead we're older you know what about um what about if you're living in colonia um and you you got two kids 16 and 14 you're sending them into a school that has proof of this cluster thing. And now we don't know where it has from. to be. Look, you could say all the data you want. Um, there's only one, one number that you have to really look at. And that's 115. 15, right now. I w w one thing I would like to know about, over time is how accurate that number is. You know, I would want to know that. And don't, the, the, what I don't want to do on this show. And I don't think you do either. I don't want to be like, well, this I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. Hell no. It's just what what is going on? I like Colonia High School far more now than I ever did when I was there. So <laughs> I'm not. There's no, no school pride here. We're not blaming is, anybody. I'm just saying, yeah. 115 people from Colonia have gotten brain tumors that went to Colonia High School. That, that's insane. Um, I hope they figure it out. I hope it doesn't become political. I don't know, like shutting down the school, going virtual. I don't know if that's the right answer. Where are you going to put these? I don't know any of that. Uh, that's a higher pay grade for me. I just hope, I wish anybody in power at, at Warbridge Township, I pray that they handle this well. And I pray that they get some information um, and they could, uh, we could uh, figure this out because, you know, I don't want to be having this conversation 20 years from now. I found out there's another 30 people that got it. Uh, maybe there's something in the installation. I, I have no idea. All I know is it's a national, it's actually a worldwide news story now because um, all the world gets this cancer and a lot of people from Colonia. I personally know uh, one person who died from it. So friend of the families um, and I'll leave it at that. I won't mention his name because I didn't talk to anybody from the family. Um, so that's it. Very sad situation there, Colonia High. And you got to remember, there's a lot more to this that has nothing to do with life or death. And this is where it gets political. You start tearing down high schools. People don't want to go. I, I, my, you know, I, I lived, I lived a hundred yards well, from the facility. Everything is political. And, now. and then, well, I don't, when I mean political, I mean, it, 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 it's like got, it has, it's got it has tentacles. Very because, much so for good reason has a chance to be political. When you start talking about where you're going to send your kids for education right. and care. Right. And I now, mean, but, but Chris, even how about, how, about, how about real estate value? You know, you own a $400,000 house that's around a corner and now they're finding out there's a cancer cluster. Your house is now worth uh, 200,000 or there I mean, could also it, be a thing where they knew about this in the sixties and they said, uh, fuck it because there's that. I, I hope it's not that, that to me is like, that's, Dare anyway. I say, yeah, I'll say, I said it. I mean, like, no, no, I, I get would it. say that it's more likely that just knowing that that's how a lot of people with money operate. But also, not just then, now. But also, you got to remember, back then when it comes to fill and stuff, they just didn't, there's different times now. They they look at things different when soil is tested. So I, I don't know. That whole situation is, uh, I, I, I just, I just want to put it out there that we're, we're praying for all the families that did uh, be touched by this. And I pray to God that the people in power there do the right thing and let's find out what's going on. And look, if someday they have to tear down the, the tear down the stadium, they tear down the stadium. That's life. I'm sure there's federal grants and all that stuff. Anyway, hope it works out. Uh, but you know, I'm saying actually, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm saying, I hope it works out. It's already already hasn't worked out. A yeah, lot, so a lot like, I, I don't, you know what? I, I know my brother's going to yell at me. He'll say, stay away. I hope they figure out what it is. I, I hope we figure out what it is so that, there's no more. It doesn't keep happening. It doesn't keep happening. That's yeah. Thank you for rephrasing that. 
All right. I know this is a long show, but that's okay. We got a new sponsor, so um, we have to add that. Um, we have to talk about Ozark. I finished it. Um, I did not, I'm almost there. Okay. I'm not going to reveal anything. It just um, bro- it just I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, one of the funny thing was, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it last week on the show, but I kid around with my sister about this. It's one of those shows though, where you've been watching it for so long. And I was even making jokes to myself. Like, you know what? I, I was like, I hope everybody gets killed except for Justin. <laughs> I started rooting. You go the way the episodes are set up. You end up going like, you know, what? I can't even look at you in the face right now because I no. haven't seen. No, no, I, I, I'm making an overall. I would have made this joke before the season. The way this show is, there's always that moment where you're like, you know what? I, I, I don't care if she gets or he gets shot right now. <laughs> Keep that attitude. That's the way the show is. It's so well written. So well done. Well acted. Um, and the watch the farewell show too, Chris. Um, they talk about things oh, about the show. You'll you'll dig that's a half hour. It's pretty cool. Um, I loved it. Highly recommended. Especially so ending. without giving ending anything away, I'll do I'll do this. Um, my couple takeaways from the first five four, first four episodes of the second part of season five, the final, the final season four, four whatever. Four. Um, I'll just say like. Very, very good writing, and it's hard to to write a show four seasons long and stay really good with the right. amount of and like we'll just say this it's a, it's the the same thing that you say about every other show is that when you run into the fourth season of a very successful show where there's criminals doing crazy things, you know there's more than just a private investigator, and like if the FBI knows all this shit, like they're not going to just sit there and right, uh, right. you know, like they, they were able to tie that together. Well, you know, uh, during the, even when you were watching it, um, yes, but you get it, it's same thing with Yellowstone. You know, any show where you're going to have a criminal I, element, it's the United yeah. States of America, 15 people get shot in a county, um, <laughs> someone's going to know about it, you know, um. But I guess I guess the only that that's maybe the heightened reality you have to let slide. So, but if you let that slide, um, I think that the show acting is the acting makes up for a lot in that. Show. And it's you don't know where the show is going. That's why I like that's why I like Breaking Bad. That's why I like Ozark. You have no idea where this show is going. And really, to be honest with you, you don't have any idea where it's going until the end of the show. And you'll we'll talk about it next week. The ending uh, again. Better call Saul. Um, as Chris yawns in my face, I, this show, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad. Anybody who says this show is not as good as Breaking Bad is wrong. Anybody that says that just quit they after just, first it, season yeah. of this show. Uh, this show is so great because they're really starting to tie things together now. They really, like, really, really took I mean, a big risk, though, by letting by having it take so long to materialize. It did, and you really had to be committed to it, though, because yeah, once it starts, it becomes an amazing show. Yeah, but then, you have to admit, the beginning of that, rough. I, I don't agree. I, I liked it from the beginning. I like the weird shit, too, but, but listen, for the average it, bear, that ain't going to work. What, for Better Call Saul? Or, or, um, yeah, Better Call Saul. I, I, don't agree, listen, I don't agree with the creative uh, difference. No big deal. Um, what, what I'm, I gotta, I, let me tell you how good I think the show is. I can be honest with you, I'm watching the show. I still think I'm watching Breaking Bad. In other words, like there's no that whole thing, like, oh, this is the spinoff is gone, erased from my from my world. It's I think the show is just as good. Um, it's a cool show, and I'm curious to how that ends. I know the guy had a heart attack and stuff. <laughs> I don't even know if they're doing another season. I don't think they are, though. I think this might be the last one. And that brings us to winning time. 
which I want to discuss. I, uh, I just love this show. Now I'm not a Laker fan. I could care less. Um, but there's some actors on the show. I got to just say, number one, uh, David Stern plays the assistant commissioner and he's a Rutgers grad, but it's, he's played by a good friend of mine, Andy Hirsch. I'm good friends with his wife and even his kid. Um, he plays uh, the young David Stern. I think he's really awesome. So a big shout out to my buddy. We used to do voiceovers together years ago, William Morris in LA. I sat with him for hours in a room when we re recorded all these voiceovers. I love Andy. And I think he's great in that. There's something about Jeannie Buss, the actress. She's got this like weird look about her. I, I like her. I don't know. There's something about, about her. Obviously John C. Riley. Look, <laughs> I got to talk to the sauce about this and not the jet sauce. We, we have the original sauce, not the guy in the jets. That might be the funniest thing I've said on the show. The, I have to, the, we have to get odds on John C. Riley. I think is going to win every award, the globe, the Emmy SAG award. He's so good in this. And also I got to give a shout out to uh, uh, Sally field playing the mother. She's great. What do you think? I, 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 don't you yeah, think she, no, she she's does. Great. First of all, I'm I'm thinking like when I saw Sally Field as part of the cast, I saw the first five, six maybe, and I and that was when I realized I was like, wow, Sally Field's in this. And then I'm thinking that she's the old secretary at first, but I'm like, no, they really changed her up. If that's right, her, she and looks then when like I shit. finally saw her, I was like, holy shit! I, I love it. I love when an actor who's already a huge star says, you know what? I, if you want to make me look like a character that's a drinker and a boozer and has cancer, and I got to look like shit, bring it on. I love that. There's no and I, if you if you look at photographs of her, listen, she's not a young woman, okay? She's like she looks so shitty on the show, but like when you look at her in person, she's still like a nice looking older lady. You know what I mean? Um, She's great in it. Also, the guy who plays Jerry West, and we're going to get to the Jerry West thing in a second. I, that actor's great who plays Jerry West. Um, uh, also, the Jason Siegel, who's playing Paul Westhead, is great in it. Uh, now, uh, the thing I got to get to, uh, by the way, Jeannie Buss is played by Hadley Robinson. That's the actress' name. I want to give him a shout out. Uh, I know Jerry West is suing the show, and I think he should. You guys mentioned on the air, I don't think they took look. They make Jerry West look bad. Matter of fact, they no, make there was there was people in the comments saying, "Why? What? What's the big deal?" I didn't think Jerry oh, West looked on, bad. I'm bro. like, well, if you didn't, if that, if you're Jerry West and you didn't think that about Magic Johnson and he didn't wear a fisherman's hat to practice and, and shit and like also, that, also, also him laying on the floor and all his issues. I mean, come on, man, that's like, and he's Jerry West. We're not talking about you know uh, John Starks here. Um, uh, and also, how about? First of all, another guy, legendary announcer for the Lakers, Chick Hearn. They make him. He should be. He, what do you let? What do you? I'm doing. I'm doing to you what he was doing to Pat Riley. Oh, the shut up thing. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> okay. it actually only. worked too. It, it worked. actually I fucking worked. Stop. I, I put stop. my hand up and I closed my fist. Yeah, and you that, well, that's what the side right there. Um, well, yeah, I, I think they make him look like a big time jerk. Uh, I think Chick Hearn died, but his family should be suing. Um, I mean, the Jerry West, and even they make magic look like a guy who's getting laid every every five seconds. Uh, maybe that was true. Um, do you? I I, I gotta watch what I look, I'm I gotta to watch what I say here about magic. Jason Johnson. Clark, wait, go ahead, go ahead. Like they really, to me, you know, there's always been rumors about Magic Johnson, and you know, and to me, they're they're sticking to the conservative rumor that he just got laid a lot. Um, uh, maybe, 
uh, I know he listened. He got he was he got diagnosed with AIDS. He came back and he's completely healthy now and AIDS free. Well, look, so, I'll just say, it. look, there's rumors that Magic Johnson contracted HIV because he was having uh, anal sex with a man. Right. So there, that's like the the, the layman's the terms. Um, there was also rumors like all growing up when I was a kid that that man happened to be Isaiah Thomas. I don't know how much of that I believe to be true. Right. That sounds like, you know, nonsense. That's like yeah. embellished, anyway, but that's but, where it was. That's what the rumor was. Everybody that listens to the show also probably has heard that before. We're not we're not breaking news here. Nor do we no, the only thing I will say, that. listen, the only thing I'll say about Magic Johnson that if, if he did a podcast with Mike Piazza, it would be a very interesting podcast. That yeah. might be the third funniest joke I've said. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, they just went out of his way of how promiscuous he was. And maybe it's true. He was Magic Johnson, good-looking guy, big smile, great player. And they really – how about Larry Bird? Has Bird commented on this? You don't think they make Larry Bird look like a jerk? Of course. But Larry Bird was a jerk. Not like I, the way they have him portrayed? No way. I don't think so. Um, like Larry Bird was a nice they guy. Make him look to like people. a hick jerk. Na- oh, uh, yeah, be- of course. I mean, listen. I think the show it did get picked up already, but I think with the lawsuits, who knows? Um, and one final thing: the show went a little long today. Apologize for that for those of you scoring at home. Um, you know what I miss, bro? I, 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 I miss going to the movies. I haven't been in the movies in three and a half years. I watch, you know, streaming online. I realized, like, I. This week, I am going to the movie theater. It's probably. See, I still go to the movies. I take my nephews. That's kind of one of the things that I, I do. Uh, Avengers. Well, I don't, my nephews are, like that. in yeah. their 20s. They don't care. <laughs> they just want to drink with me. And like, there's not many movies that you want to sit through in the and movie. And there's all those big Marvel movies. But I'm like, I, I want to go to the theater. You know what I'm going to do, too? And you'll appreciate this. I'm going to do the old fashioned, like, bucket of popcorn, goobers, raisinets. I'm going to get like a big soda, like a fat bastard. I'll get a diet soda. And I want to sit there and go through the movies, and that's all I'll eat that day. Fast forward to next week's episode, where Jimmy says, uh, "Checking in at a at a stout two fourteen all the way back up." If I start gaining weight every week, I'll lose my mind. I can't do it. Um, The other thing is, real quick thing. um, I don't know, Chris. Are you a fan of horses? Like, uh, not the racing horses, like regular horses. Are you into that kind of thing? Animals like that? Your girlfriend? Yeah, like um, like I. I could appreciate a okay. Well, a horse there's, a, that, there's this really know, cool like, thing. I don't know where we're going with this one. I know that's why I set it up that way. There's a really cool thing up here by me, and my uh, and my, is it a stable? My good friend Dennis Trump. It's called the Bergen County Horse Rescue It's this big plot of land, big farm, and um, they rescue horses. Literally, as you well know, many horses people buy horses. They can't take care of them. Farms close. And a lot of horses, they put them out to bid all over the place, and the, if they don't get bought, they get they get they get killed, euthanized, yeah. euthanized. And so they also have horses that were terribly mistreated, sitting in mud after hurricanes, and people can't even get. They escape. So these horses are running in the in the wild of, of areas where hurricanes hit, and or they get they're mistreated by their owners uh, by not feeding them properly. All the so many abuses and these are beautiful big horses so there's a um the family that owns this farm uh has dedicated themselves to the bergen county horse rescue which is at bergencountyhorserescue.com and the cool thing is they're having uh, an event um in uh, may 21st from one o'clock to five o'clock bands and they're looking for donations but they literally take donations 
and they go and rescue horses. And then there's 20, I think there's 20, 20 of them on this farm and they're beautiful horses. Some of them are very skittish and a trainer has to go out every day to get them in line. So they match them up with different people. They also have some goats and pigs and all that stuff, but the horses are just beautiful. And it's one of those things you ever go. I brought my daughter there. My buddy is a very involved Dennis Trump. And I was like, wow, this is like a unique thing. Like it's five minutes from my house. Totally worth a day trip to the Bergen County horse rescue. They do tours all the time. Um, they let you they let you pet the horse. They let you do all kinds of stuff. Some of the horses, they say, be careful. This horse can be skittish, which freaks me out. And they're big, beautiful horses. So it's a shout out to the BergenCountyRescue.org. Uh, May 21st, they're having bands up there in Mawa, New Jersey, 350 Ramapo Valley Road. But if you go to BergenCountyHorseRescue.org, if anybody in your family is into like saving the world and saving pets and all that, bring them here. They'll totally dig it. I'm sure you'll donate money. It's a cool thing. All right, well, this show is a long one here, Jay. We got a new sport sponsor, CornholeLevel.com. Uh, again, 1995. Check out this cornhole board leveler. It's so cool. I can't wait to show Chris and Dave that. And um, that's it. Any uh, any final comments? Chris Gucci behind the glass. Um, no, I love horses, Jim. <laughs> love horses, bro. There you go. All right. I know you're so excited. I Bing Crosby and horses. See that? I'm not just a guy who's going to talk about who the Colts drafted in the fifth round. So, uh, you know, God forbid. Anyway. All right, my brother. I'll see you next week. All right, buddy. And we will have. Good evening, everybody. Where have you come?